You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Monday edition of Locked On Indians. I am your host, Jeff Ellis. We don't really have a lot of news to talk about, nothing too glaring uh, at this point in time, at least involving the Indians. Hoping to set up another guest for this week. We will have one every single week. We have two more, I'm sorry, three more teams actually to talk about in the uh, NL, NL, nope, we already talked the NL, AL East. We still have the Central, though, let's be honest. A trade in the Central, while unlikely, uh, is still something we will look at. They have happened. The Indians have made trades with uh, the Tigers in recent memory. And who knows what can uh, happen or develop. So it is still something to consider. Let's look into history. While nothing happens on the 16th, on the 15th that this is recorded, the Chicago White Sox released 299 game winner early win. So he gets to have his choice of who he's going to sign with. Signs with the Indians, gets win number 300. Now he had pitched with Cleveland for major parts of his 30s, had been very successful, been a part of that 1954 Indians team. Basically, after he left the Washington uh, Senators, he was thought to be maybe a bit washed up. And as we talked about in the past, when we've done uh, podcasts kind of digging into the history of the Indians, he found his second gear. And obviously, you don't get to 300 wins without a very long, very successful career. That age 33 year would be his final, and I believe he ends on 300 wins exactly, as a matter of fact. So uh, there's some history for you. Early win, I believe, also one of the Indians' few retired numbers out there. Uh, It's kind of interesting who they have and have not retired, but, you know, that is a debate for another day. Let's, uh, Let's talk our 2021 baseball teams. This is weird. Uh, I was just realizing that roster resource, when I went there for Boston, for uh, Tampa, okay, now it's updating other teams as well. I, I don't know why. Uh, it, the tabs were listed as 2020, and now they are all turning to 2021. Some inside baseball, I talked about how I like to just kind of use roster resource for another no other reason than uh, looking at how rosters are going to shake out or what the rosters of teams currently are right now. We finished up Baltimore on Friday. I still think Baltimore is a really good team to consider for a lot of different reasons. Jose Iglesias in particular stands out as a piece that could help the Indians at a price they could likely afford. Where to start with these last three Central or Central East teams? Should we talk Boston, the worst of them? The team that had a worse record than the Orioles? Uh, man, they have spent a lot of money. They have had a lot of change over at the top. And... I don't see a light at the end of the tunnel for them anytime soon. I'm not a huge Bobby Dahlbeck guy. Um, Never have been. Not been the biggest Tristan uh, Cassius guy. I do like Jeter Downs. Uh, Verdugo had a strong year for them. Hudson Potts was an interesting addition. But yeah, this is a very low minor league system. Right now, their projected second baseman, Christian Arroyo, that probably should be enough said. Uh, J.D. Martinez opted in. Not coming off of his strongest year last year. Uh, Raphael Devers, Xander Bogarts. Xander Bogarts would be an interesting trade candidate, but he has an opt-out. Um, 
I don't think he can opt out in the 2021 season. Maybe it's the 2022 season. I don't think he's part of the shortstop glut, but he could be. Andrew Benintendi has never quite lived up to expectations. I was a huge fan of his. Um, last year was a very rough year for him in general. It, it was a shortened season. I don't know exactly what his value even is at this point in time. 14 games, 52 plate appearances. Uh, rib injury cost him basically the entire season. And that's an interesting just problem in general with this Red Sox team. Outside of uh, Devers and I guess Verdugo, who had a, a pretty good year for them last year, let's be honest, a lot of these players are not necessarily assured long-haul types. Um, even Michael Chavez, who was a former first-round pick, had some regression issues a year ago. It is it is a team that is very much in transition. Uh, their starting rotation is also a concern. This is a bad team, and they should be bad for a few years. Um, this is not a quick rebuild to me. And if we're looking for deals with the Red Sox, um, honestly, I think they should occur. I think Boston should look to figure out a way to maximize roster value. And, you know, it's like maybe you look at some of, you know, who are the players that are worth keeping, who are the ones who you want to lock up, and then try and trade some of the other ones to a team like Cleveland where maybe you can get some interesting infield depth options. Uh, because, man, at this Boston team... They went out and they made that bets trade to get their salary below the luxury level so they could spend again and so they wouldn't have all the issues. But Chris Sale still owed $30 million. If you're like me, you probably forgot that he was still there to a degree. I mean, no, let's be fair. I, I In my mind, it had been like I'd forgotten about Chris Sale. Uh, paying Pedroia $12 million. He's probably not going to pay for them. Uh, if he does, it's going to be very little. Devers has three years left. Bogart's opt-out is in 2023 uh, before that season. So, yeah, he could opt out after 2022. Outfield, Benintendi is a free agent after the 2022 season. Verdugo after 2024. Sale has a player option 2023 that he almost assuredly takes and is going to make 30-30, 27-27. Nathan Avaldi, which was such a bad signing, I don't care what anyone has to say. 17 this year, 17 next year. Eduardo Rodriguez, who developed a heart condition after COVID, uh, 8.3, and then is a free agent to be. And Matt Barnes, who's turned into a steady reliever of them, also a free agent at the end of this year. Uh, 19 million the next two years to uh, J.D. Martinez. 16 million the next two years to David Price. And they're still paying Manny Ramirez 2 million a year and Dustin Pedroia 2 million a year. So, yeah, a lot of money for this Red Sox team. And I'm not sure what trades would make sense or what you could do. Um, Benintendi is at 6.6. It's kind of a high mark for a guy who's, it's kind of crazy in a way to say this, but has never been more than kind of average, I feel like, for his entire career. That may not be the most fair assessment off the top of my head, but you look at those early years, 2018, he played well. Defensively, he's never been all that strong, but uh, 121 WRC plus in his first uh, 34 games in the majors. First full season, a 102, 122, a 100 in 2019. 
This year was a 43, but very short and injury ridden. And that's what you're looking at. It's like two years of down data. I One year where he was worth more than two wins, which is, you know, what you look at is like an average starter. He had one season where he was more than an average starter. At the same time, let's just put it out there, an average starter is a massive upgrade for the Cleveland Indians outfield in general. I don't know at the 6.6 if you can make it work, which is crazy to say. But I think, you know, there's a level or a place where you at least consider seeing what the ask is for Benintendi. He's probably not part of Boston's future outfield to begin with. And due to the injury, due to everything else, he can't be that expensive of an ad. Boston, I doubt, is going to be willing to eat any salary on that. So you just have to come down to, you know, 6.6. You're considering probably playing Naquin something like $2 million. So would you rather have Naquin? Would you rather have a Benintendi? Yes, you have to do a trade asset. And again, I think at this point in time, what do you offer for a Benintendi? Someone from the back end of the top 10, one of those young shortstops who, yes, it could come back to hurt you. I mean, there's there's always the chance where that young player, it's the Fernando Tatis trade like the White Sox made, where you're trading a young shortstop who blossoms, who's far away. But then there's also like when the Indians went out and traded for Kusuke Fukudome, uh, where, I mean, Fukudome didn't give them much, but Adam Abreu was a, I mean, he was still, there was a lot of risk in that profile, but he still had a lot of ceiling and he just never got out of A-ball. And that's that's always kind of the risk. And I'll be curious to see, Benintendi's a hard player to figure out. I mean, the potential has been there. There's a point in time where he was, much like when we talked about Ahmad Rosario on the Mets podcast, this is a guy who was widely considered one of the top prospects in baseball and it just has not happened for him. I don't think Devers is someone they're going to trade. The Indians couldn't afford Bogart's contract. And that kind of limits it. And again, this is a team whose top prospects, I mean, Jeter Downs, Tristan Cassius, those guys aren't close. I'm not a big Dahlbeck guy. Hudson Potts, um, who they just acquired, I assume he'll be in the majors next year. But no one proven. So yeah, not a whole lot with the Boston Red Sox. Where you will find great value is with Built Bar. I have been singing their praises for a long time now because that is a product that I use, I can get behind, I can tell you about. I love their redesign. I love the way these the new bars taste. They taste even better than they did a few months ago when I first tried, started trying Built Bar. They completely redesigned them over the summer and the new taste and everything about it is utterly fantastic. Get the mix box. Find out what flavors you liked. I really recently liked the uh, the mint brownie. That was one that I quite enjoyed. Uh, so like I said, get that mixed box. Try it for yourself. Let me know which ones you like. Uh, I'm not as high on the toffee almond as I used to be. I know that used to be my go-to, but there's so many great flavors, and that's why I struggle to think about, oh, which one do I like best? The peanut butter, anything is really good with them. Go to BuiltBar.com today. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Get 20% off your order. It's worth it. It's the best tasting bar that I've had. If you are like me and you are gluten-free, this product in particular is a godsend. So go to BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code LOCKEDON. Save 20% off your order. BuiltBar.com. Should we talk about Tampa? Um, Tampa is an odd team where they never seem to lose a trade. I'm like, I don't know if I want to trade with Tampa, honestly. They... It's almost like they're scary to even consider. What does Tampa even need? They do need a catcher. Um, They have gone, though, recently for more of the offensive catchers. 
when they're trying to figure out who they're going to do. You know, Michael Zunino was a good defender, but he also had a big power potential. And some other other swings of that position. Uh, Ronaldo Hernandez is a top prospect who could be there soon. And, you know, I, it's, I, I make that sound, you know, kind of like deep breathing it out because it's first base, Jimon Choi, Nate Lowe. I think either of them would start from the Indians, and they're both there. Second base, Brandon Lowe, Joey Wendell, Fidea Hell, uh, Bruin Ha, who's the top prospect. All three of those guys would start at second or third base for the Indians. Third base, uh, Michael Brucey, Yandy Diaz, Kevin uh, Paldo. Wendell has been playing more third. You know, he was part of a platoon with Diaz. Not yet. The Indians have a pretty good third baseman. Go to the outfield. Um, you know, Randy Azarania uh, obviously is going to get more opportunities uh, after his postseason. Hunter Brenfro had a, a nice postseason paying Kevin Kiermeyer a lot of money in to, to handle center field and basically be a defensive specialist. Manny Margot, Austin Meadows, Brett Phillips, who was a, a postseason hero for them. And you go into the rotation, uh, Snell, Glasnow, Yarbrough, and uh, Yanni Chineros. None of them hit free agency until 2024. And you still got, I mean, Brett Honeywell hasn't been able to stay healthy, but he has some good... I mean, that screwball was uh, one of the best pitches in the minors multiple years in a row. Brendan McKay in the bullpen. I mean, Nick Anderson did implode for them, but Jose Alvardo, Jalen Beeks, Dio Castilla, John Curtis, they don't have a free agent impending. Not one. Uh, uh, Yoshitumo Tutsugo is a free agent after 2021. He makes $7 million. They still have some buried money to Evan Longoria, but... Gosh, I mean, they are just catcher. That's it. So I don't think the Indians are necessarily a spectacular fit um, unless they would want a defensive specialist. And again, that's not really what we've seen them go for. That's not what they have typically applied to that position. And again, Zanino was quite strong for them defensively back there. But at this point in time, like Zanino's offensive profile was a plus version of... Uh, why am I blanking on the, the guy? Hedges. Uh, you know, it, Hedges is a better defender. Zunino is, has a much better offensive profile. But they're similar in terms of overall effectiveness. With everything Tampa has, I I expect them to, you know, either they're going to believe in Hernandez back there, a catcher, or they're going to go and make a, a bigger move because they have those pieces to go out and make that bigger move. Man, I had forgotten about Chris Betts, who was always more of a bat than a catcher, who's got to be a Rule 5 added player for them if they want to hold on to him. But it's, I'd love to trade with Tampa. I just don't think the Indians are a natural fit. Um, uh, Chineros and McKay. Chineros had Tommy John. McKay had labrum surgery. Jalen Beeks and Colin Pochet, both had Tommy Johns. They do have a few arms down, but they just have that never-ending reload uh, where they have arguably the best minors in baseball. Wander Franco should help next year, who's viewed as a generational talent. Brun Ha doesn't have a place to go or he'd be there as well. Josh Lowe is on the cusp. I, I wish the Indians had extra catching uh, and, you know, last week I said Shane Ray. It was Shane Baz was the catcher. You know, both three-letter last names. Uh, 
Taylor Walls I didn't even talk about. I, Tampa's got pieces. Like, if they wanted Roberto Perez, like, to me, I'm willing to find that trade, make that trade work. Uh, I don't know his overall value in any deal. Same thing with uh, with Hedges. I, getting a trade that makes sense. Like, maybe there's a world where... You could do hedges and a low prospect for Wendell. And, you know, that might be a deal that Tampa would consider. If you're the Indians, you could uh, have Wendell play. I don't know why I'm calling him Wendell instead of Joey Wendell. Joey Wendell play, second base, something like that might be something to look at. But, yeah, the Indians just don't – Tampa doesn't have a lot of needs. They can just hold on to their depth and, you know, make the big play at the right point in time. But it's – it's ridiculous just looking at their lineup now. Um, they should have been the team, honestly, who went out and made that deal for Austin Nola, not Tampa, because they had the pieces to go out and make it, and to get a guy with multiple years of control would have made a ton of sense. That's that's their only weakness, and that's why I see them as kind of this team of uh, destiny at some point. Toronto is saying all the right things right now, that they want to go out and add multiple uh guys who are uh, quote-unquote difference makers. I don't know, you know, Kevin Biggio was fantastic. Bobichette was utterly fantastic in the short run he got a year ago. Um, I guess the the disappointment might be Vlad, that he's been solid, but not, you know, the spectacular world changer he was thought to be. That being said, they're not trading him. You know, where's this team's weakness? I guess third base, Travis Shaw was passable there. Uh, Rowdy Tellez was good at DH again for them. How much do you believe Randall uh, Girlchuk's Girlchuk's breakout last year? Uh, How much do you believe Teoscar Hernandez's breakout? Those are kind of the questions you have to ask in general with this team. And then, you know, if they supposedly traded for Lindor... How do they shift everything? How does that then work? Um, does Bichette go to third? I mean, I guess that would work. Uh, how happy is he going to be about that? I feel like not the happiest, but it does certainly make their lineup uh, significantly, significantly better. And and honestly, I like their pitching rotation, but it is uh, one guy at the top and then a bunch of four fives. Like I like that they have steady pitchers there, but... Uh, if they're going to make an impact chasing a starter, trading for a starter, that could make more sense. And then, you know, with the connection ties and everything else, could even a lesser Carrasco deal make sense to Toronto? I think so. Um, could a Lindor Carrasco deal come together? I think so. And we'll address all of that uh, on a show later on this week. We'll see if it is talking tomorrow uh, if I can line up a guest for the video version of the podcast if we can't we will talk Blue Jays tomorrow so uh, yeah just pay attention never know exactly what the show is going to be but uh, I guarantee you that it will be interesting as we dive into the last team out east and barring any other big news in baseball we will then uh, dive into the central and see if you know there is a trade that could somehow make sense at some point Kansas City should just tear everything to the ground. Um, what a blown rebuild, in my opinion. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll dig that. You know, it's just uh, when you are that bad and Kansas City hasn't even been close to being anything other than bad and to hold on to all of their players uh, when someone like Whit Merrifield could have demanded 
a really high package. Uh, it was just silly. It's foolhardy and it doesn't make much sense. So we will see uh, what is left in the Central. We will talk about the Blue Jays. They do seem, along with the Yankees and the Mets, probably the most likely team to put together a high-end package for Francisco Lindor. And much like both the Yankees and the Mets, they could also be a team that goes out and tries to acquire Carrasco plus more, plus Lindor, I should say, in a deal. So stay tuned. I've been Jeff Ellis. You can find me on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. And as always, go Tribe!